Welcome to episode 104 of the Red Seat Podcast. This is your host, Jake Devereaux, and today I am joined by both Brian Joyner and Matt Collins of Over the Monster for our first podcast of the new year. Gentlemen, welcome back to the pod. Happy 2019th birthday to America. Uh, I thought it was the uh, 2019th uh, birthday of Jesus inventing America. Well, same thing. Oh, yeah, that's true. Seems to be a lot of confusion about the date that the country was founded here. But uh, aside from that, it sounds like you guys are doing pretty well. Um, All right, so let's jump right into it. Red Sox have announced uh, 10 non-roster invitees to spring training. We have a little bit of spring training news here. Uh, Catchers Juan Centeno and Oscar Hernandez are going to be invited, as well as Newly signed outfielder Gorkis Hernandez, infielder Tony Renda, who got a little bit of time last year, and then pitchers Zach Putnam, Erasmo Ramirez, Carson Smith, who's back with the team, Josh Smith, Domingo Tapia, and Ryan Weber. Uh, guys, any thoughts on this group of non-roster invitees? Anyone particularly grab your attention here? Uh, we'll go with Matt first. Uh, no, this is like the most boring group of players of all time. Um, but I think the thing that stands out the most to me is that Bryce Prince isn't on the list because they did sign him with a, um, invite to spring training, but they haven't announced it yet, which is kind of weird, but I'm assuming that'll happen soon. Um, I guess of the players that I mentioned, Putnam's the one I'm most interested in. He's been good for a few years in the past. He, uh, pretty sure it was hurt last year and pretty ineffective. So maybe he can be something, but probably not. Yeah, he didn't pitch at all in 2018. He had an elbow injury that he was working through. Uh, he only pitched 27 innings in 2016, but uh, they were good innings in 2016. Uh, and he had an excellent year in 2014. But, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'm not expecting much out of him. I think I was a little surprised that uh, Carson Smith, though, is back with the team. It seemed like things didn't end all that well with with the team and him. I'm, I'm a little surprised he's back. You know, I would have bet my life savings uh, that Matt was going to say Carson Smith. And he didn't. Good thing I didn't. Um but I had but the only reason I thought of that is you wrote about it. It's not like I, I wrote about Zach Putnam too. All right, that's fair. But you talk about Carson Smith since you wrote about it. Yeah, I was surprised. Um, he, uh, I mean, I think we all remember he got hurt throwing his glove at the bench because he was mad, and then after he got hurt, he kind of blamed Alex Cora for using him too much and. Uh, Alex Cora didn't really come out and say how pissed off he was, but you could read between the lines. And you could tell he didn't really like it. So um, I don't really know why they brought him back. I guess they still think he can be something. There's some mythical upside with him because of what he was in 2015. But um, I don't know. I'm pretty much done with him. It's a minor league deal, so there's no risk. It's whatever, but I really don't expect anything. Out of all these guys... Gorky's Hernandez was the one that I was kind of the most surprised about, though, even signing with the team, because it seems like 
there's almost no way that this guy's going to get any playing time with the Red Sox. And he got substantial run last year with the Giants. He played in 142 games, 15 home runs. I mean, not a great line by any means, but someone who could be a backup outfielder for a team. It's hard to even see him getting to that point with this club. I mean, it's only one injury away. Um, I mean, the Red Sox were... Everything went right for the Red Sox last year, but one of the big things was that you didn't really get hurt too much, and especially the outfield stayed incredibly healthy. Um, but, I mean, one injury to the outfield, and things are really grim in the upper levels of the minors. So um, I kind of understand it. I guess he probably maybe could have gotten a better job somewhere, but A, I'm sure he has an opt-out at the end of spring training, and B, if, even if he stays with the team, he's in a good organization, and like I said, there's a chance he can come up and then maybe get a ring and then he's got time to sign another deal somewhere else next year yeah i was going to mention the ring that seemed to me to be um it's not like guaranteed by any means but a player like him um and i think i talked about this a lot in our year-end recaps where a lot of the things with these players that the, the most notable thing that they did wasn't so much what they did that they were able to do it for this team um, and they were able to be part of a championship winning team and get a ring and get paid for it. Um, and for Gorky, I mean, for him, this has got to be great because if this is the best thing he can get, uh, it you couldn't be in a better position. Um, and for the Red Sox, if they're getting a guy like him, it is for such depth that uh, you have no problem signing Gorkis Hernandez. Uh, if they hadn't won the World Series just now, maybe we'd be fretting, like, oh, my God. But we don't have to worry about that because the Red Sox did. True. I'm drinking water out of my Red Sox World Series champion pint glass right now. So uh, those memories are fresh. Did you guys get any World Series swag for Christmas? Uh, I got a hat. Nice. I literally um, got nothing from my immediate family from, for Christmas. Well, that is... That is my wife is Jewish, and uh, she got me some Hanukkah presents, so it's the same thing. Oh. But it was very strange on Christmas to wake up and be like, yeah, you, you didn't get any. <laughs> yeah, but I got a beer like, that's 12% alcohol. Uh, by the way, Jake. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Santa isn't real. Ooh. And this is how I found out because nobody brought me Oh, this, this is shocking. I don't know if I can continue the podcast at this point. Wow. Santa. Um, let me ask you a question about Gorky's, though, before we move on to our next subject. Um, is he or is he not still with the organization by opening day? Uh, Brian, what do you think? I mean, I just think yes out of um, just the fact he, if he is now, uh, I would say it's as likely uh, than, than – I mean, opening day is probably not as likely than not, but it's more likely to be him than a different trip. Yes. Okay. What do you think, Matt? What was the question? Team or organization? Org. Yeah. 
Because I don't even know if he has an auto. Okay. So I guess the odds are, yeah. All right, so maybe the most prominent Red Sox news as of late has been all the rumors circulating about what reliever the Red Sox may add. Uh, One of the relievers that they were looking closely at was David Robertson, uh, who signed today with the Philadelphia Phillies. And that leaves Craig Kimbrell, Adam Ottavino, Zach Britton, and Kelvin Herrera as the top options on the free agent market other than David Robertson. So... Out of that group there, well, first of all, I guess, what do you guys think about the David Robertson signing? Are you disappointed he didn't sign with the Sox? And then out of this group of four guys, uh, who do you think is most likely to sign, if any of these guys, with the Red Sox? Uh, Brian, why don't we go to you first? Um, I like Robertson. He's good. Uh, I. It's hard to be too upset when it, like what is he like a tier one and a half reliever probably like he could be a closer in the right situation uh, and a setup guy in, in, in other situations very good one uh, maybe given one of them doesn't sign with the Red Sox when he's um, as for the way the rest of it goes I think that the subtext, the the first level of subtext is your question is, uh, will they still go after a top level reliever, aka Kimball or Adafino? And I think that the answer is yes. And then the second level is, will they go after Adafino and make you the happiest boy in the world? And <laughs> I, I mean, my my sense has been that they probably prefer Kimbrel, but uh, that's just based on total feel. I have no idea, uh, and I think it's based on the, the only the only thing I think is based on is how they valued the players who were on the team this year. So even with Kimbrel's struggles, everything is relative when you win the World Series by a country mile and beat the shit out of the entire league. So I think that probably Campbell is still Matt, is that the way you're leaning to? Yeah, I think they're getting Kimbrough. Um I mean, it seemed like it was pretty much just the Red Sox and Phillies that were really looking at Kimbrough. And now the Phillies are probably out, um, at least their concentration is probably going towards Machado and or Harper. So Kimbrough's market's really kind of drying out. I think he's going to get a smaller deal, way smaller than what we were expecting at the beginning of the offseason. And I mean, I don't think there's any question he's the best of this group. Um, the more I thought about it, the more I was thinking Kimbrough or Robertson are bust. So Robertson's gone. I think they have to get Kimbrel. I think I think it's a massive step back if they get somebody other than Kimbrel. So do you guys see a clear delineation between the Kimbrel Ottavino side and the Zach Britton Calvin Herrera side? Or do you think that there's a big difference between Kimbrel and all three of these guys? Ottavino, Britton, and Herrera are pretty comparable. 
I would say Kimbrel, big gap, Ottavino, pretty big gap, and then Herrera. I would throw. I would probably put Cody Allen ahead of Zach Britton. I don't really want any part of Zach Britton. Interesting. But, Even though both of those guys have struggled, you still feel better about Allen. Yeah, Britton just hasn't stayed healthy. I don't know. There's just something that scares me. I don't think Allen was quite as bad as we kind of remember. Um, and I feel like Britain's getting a lot of buzz for what he was a few years ago and not what he has for the last couple of years. Um, I can see myself eating those words. I just, there's something about him that really scares me. But I mean, I would put him and Allen and Herrera all in a tier behind Ottavino. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think that there's a lot to the fact that Kimbrell has this track record of just being, you know, pretty much the best reliever of all time through this point in his career, um, you know, relative to other people that have been this age, you know, at this time. Um, but the thing about Kimbrell that I've heard a lot of people talk about, and I think I've seen you talk about this too, Matt, is that he missed that spring training because of the illness going on with his daughter. Um, so how much do you think that actually played into the struggles that he had this year? Because I've seen a few people talk about that. I mean, I don't know how you can really pin down like an exact percentage or whatever. Um, I think it had it had some effect. I don't think it was like the majority of the reason or anything. I just don't think it's something you can discount. Um, I mean, his control is a bit of an issue, but when Ottavino's the other big option, I mean, they both have control issues, so I think you got to kind of go beyond that. As a parent, I'll tell you that uh, obviously I'm not a professional athlete. I have two Queens stickball titles, but that's a totally different story, which I'm very happy to tell. Um, but it's inconceivable to me that he can do even what he did, given what he's been through. And it's not, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm not overstating it because if your kid is sick, you don't, everything else, everything else is second. So I understand that with him. Now, the thing with Kimbrell is that to be an effective closer, you also have to just be a lunatic, and he is. So that exists. That's not pushed aside at all. But uh, if you're talking about kids being sick, affecting performance, yes. It, I, like, I can't imagine it does not. So if they are able to get something done with Kimbrel here, guys, and you think it's going to be much smaller, obviously, than the ridiculous starting point of 6 and 100 that was talked about way at the beginning. Um, do you think it's going to be like three, four years? What are we thinking for a contract length here for Kimbrel? Four, Max. Maybe three in an option. I feel like he'll get his fourth year, but... I he really won't do fewer than three, and they won't do more than four, so... Yeah, I mean, there's going to be at least a chance for a fourth year, I think, but I don't know if it's going to be guaranteed. Got into my head, I would probably say he gets four guaranteed. I could live with that. You could live I, with I think someone be... putting a gun to Matt's head. <laughs> <laughs> as long as we get Kimbrel, that's fine. 
Fair enough. Yeah. I'm willing to die for that. <laughs> um, all right. So thinking outside the box a little bit, if the Red Sox were not to sign one of these guys, say Philly goes not to sign Kimbrell, someone else grabs Ottavino, and they don't want anything to do with these other guys, I listed a few trade possibilities here. Uh, a couple guys from the Pirates, Felipe Vasquez and Keon Kela um, from the Padres. Uh, Kirby Yates, Strom, and Craig Stammen uh, from the Giants. Tony Watson and Will Smith. And Jose Leclerc from Texas. Any of those guys Leclerc. stick out? Leclerc's not going anywhere. You don't think so? Um, I would I would put a gun to my head for Leclerc, but I don't think they were gonna, they're going to trade him. He's filthy, isn't he? He's very good. He's very young, too. He's only like 24, 25, something like that. Yeah, he's 25 right now. Yeah, I like I like Str- I like Matt Stram, but I, I don't think Padres are. I think they're trying him as a starter again, I believe. So I don't think they're going to trade him. I think that was their plan the whole time. I had him in Dynasty Baseball, so I paid particular attention. But it seems like their plan the whole time was to slowly bring him up to start. Um, I wrote free over the monster that they should get him as a reliever uh, a couple months ago. I now recant that. Uh, sorry, listeners. Yeah, I, th- I think if any of these teams are going to be sellers, I think the Pirates and the Giants kind of make the most sense out of these because it seems like the Padres are sort of inching closer to contention. And you mentioned how much Texas likes Leclerc here. Um, it seems like the Pirates with one of these two guys who have closer stuff in Felipe Vasquez and Keon Killa are the most likely to do something. Do you you guys like either of those guys a good bit? Yeah, I love both of them. I have no idea what the Pirates are doing, though. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded them, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they just try and make a run at being, like, weirdly in the middle, I guess. I don't know. I don't really know what they're doing. They have pretty good Anything the Pirates do, like, they made the play. And once they made the playoffs after, like, 20 years... There's, like, Bill Simmons, who, whatever, talked about, like, the championship, like, uh, the five-year thing. For the Pirates, just making the playoffs. It's five years. And now, uh, they, they're they so aimless and, and sad and pathetic. They have, like, the worst they, owner in sports. Yeah. So let's just take all their stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a team I could easily see being last place in that division at this point. And they also have, you know, if they were to trade one of those guys in Felipe Vasquez or Kayla, um, they have a lot of other options in that bullpen that could step up as well. They actually have a pretty decent unit there. So, I don't know. That I would team think looks that, rough. Yeah, I would think that those are probably guys, at least one of them, could be dangled at the trade deadline. I don't. I would be a little surprised, I guess, if they got traded before the season. But it's certainly not impossible. So it's, it seems like you guys think that it's much more likely that they sign somebody than trade for somebody at this point. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah. I will say, I kind of like um, Shane Green on the Tigers. He's not quite the caliber as the other guys you're talking about, but... I mean, the Tigers are obviously rebuilding. He's a closer, kind of a ground ball guy. Um, 
if they wanted to add a second guy to like an elite guy they signed in free agency, uh, I would love Shane Green. Let me ask you this. You think it's more likely that they either trade for somebody if they don't sign someone or they just stand pat and go with what they've got? Because they have a decent amount of depth in the bullpen. Uh, I think they trade for somebody, but maybe I like. I think it would be someone like Shane Green, not like a Kayla or a Vasquez or somebody of that caliber, where they'd be giving up multiple top prospects. I think they want to hang on to their uh, the top of their farm system if possible. Okay. Because it's not good anyway. I mean, it's not great. They got a lot of good like second tier guys, and Shavis is a top one hundred guy, so. Yeah, but I, I think that the value proposition—I think this is what you're saying—is the value proposition is. Yeah, I don't think they want to trade Chavis. I don't think they want to trade Diamonds and Hernandez, um, who's not even—I don't know—depending on who you ask, he might not even be a top five guy in the system. But I know they really like him, so I think they want to hold on to like their top five-ish guys. Pirates call up and say Felipe Vasquez for Chavis and Darwin's in. Do you say yes or no? No. Who? Vasquez for Chavis and Darwin's and Hernandez. Uh, I mean, my first instinct is yeah, but I really haven't looked at Felipe Vasquez in a long time. He's a lefty, so. too. I say no. And Chavis is, first of all, he's like your only guy to trade. Maybe not your only guy, but he's a big trade chip. There are many relievers, like many. If you want someone that badly, who's that good, just go get Adovino. Don't, don't mess with it on. then. Do it now. Don't wait until you're in the position. My, my point is, like, if you if you think you're going to find yourself in that position, don't get yourself in that position. Yeah, I would say the better option is to sign somebody, but. No, I'm looking at it. Vasquez has a really nice contract under control through 2023. Yeah, I would do it. He's really good. He is very good. I I say that he's very good. You trade Chavis, that's it. You can't trade him a second time. Um, he's such a tweener, though, and Felipe Vasquez might help you win this year. I mean, he certainly would help you win this year. Right, I love but there Chavis. are many players who can help you win this year, but there, you can only trade Chavis once. That is nothing to do, what I'm saying almost has nothing to do with Um, You can only trade him once. So, just be judicious. Like, if they did that trade in July or June, I'm fine with that. That's, that's cool. But I wouldn't do it now. That's me. I'm not Dave Dombrowski. I don't have hair. <laughs> All right. So moving off of the bullpen stuff here, nothing has been done to sure up second base or to clear up the catcher position. They still haven't traded any of those guys. Um, we're still kind of expecting that they might trade one of these catchers. But, Matt, when we last talked, you seemed to think it would be closer to spring training if they did anything. Yeah, I think I'm, I think it's probably going to be during spring training. Um, just make sure none of your guys suffer a major injury. Maybe the trade market gets a little bit better 
um, another team suffers a major injury. Either way, they're not getting a ton for these guys, so there's no need to rush into it. Like it's not like they're getting their bullpen answer by trading one of these guys, unless they're like the fourth piece in it or whatever. Right. Okay. All right. Final thing before we get to some listener questions here. Kurt Schilling. Brian, I'm going to ask you here. Does Kurt Schilling belong in the Baseball Hall of Fame? This whole question is a, is an object lesson in why the Hall of Fame is fucking stupid. I've been to, have you been to the Hall of Fame? The plaques are stupid. The rest of the Hall of Fame is pretty dope. That's what I'm saying. The 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 plaques are the whole thing about being in the Hall of Fame. If you go to the museum, there's a room. There are plaques in it. It is a quiet room. It just has plaques in it. It's boring. That's literally being in the Hall of Fame. The rest of the Hall of Fame is a museum that fucking rules. And you know who's in that? Steve Rose, Barry Bonds, and Joe Jackson. It's just a museum of baseball that just talks about what actually happened. It kicks ass. So, uh, uh, honestly, from the first time I went to the actual Hall of Fame, I give a shit about this. Kerchilling, his stats... Uh, I don't give a fuck what happens to Kurt Schilling. That's what it comes. That's what it comes to for me. I'm pretty much with you. Um, I'm not a big Hall of Fame guy either, but I, he is somebody I've been thinking about. If I had a ballot, he would not be on mine. But that's because I think there's ten other deserving Hall of Famers. And if you're going to eliminate deserving all-famers, you might as well start with the bigots and work your way from there. Um, I'm with you. I don't really care if he makes it. I'm not going to be mad if he doesn't. Um, the NFL has thing. it right, man. The NFL just inducts everybody. Just induct everybody. That's my opinion. Um, and then I think all Hall of Fame suck. But I think... I think uh, anybody Matt, Matt vote excuse to... me, Matt, excuse me. It's Halls of Fame. I'm sorry. I think anybody that doesn't vote for a steroid guy using the character clause as their reason and does vote for Kurt Schilling is a fraud. That's why I want Kurt Schilling take. Mm. I disagree. I if you're gonna use something called the character clause and you're getting you and you're gonna vote for uh, overt races then something's out of whack with the character clause so i agree with that point about the character clause thing but i think that there's a difference between cheating on the baseball field and being a dickhead off the baseball field okay but jake the, here here's my only i'm just going to try to like step in here we've talked about this stuff the degree um, I feel like we're not going to agree on the, the, the basics here. Like, we know where each other stands. 
Right. The, que the question is not what we think about the Hall of Fame, it's what we think about Kurt Schilling in relation. So in that sense, do you think you should be? I do. I mean, I, I think that uh, Jay Jaffe did a really good job of spelling it out in his recent article on his candidacy. Um, you know, if you look at – if you just go by – what you've seen with your eyes from Kurt Schilling when he was on the baseball field and by numbers and war and, you know, all these different things that matter, strikeouts, uh, he's he's certainly a deserving Hall of Famer. Um, <clears throat> the one thing that's a little bit low with him is the wins totals. But at the same time, I mean, he's 16th all-time in strikeouts. Um, you know, he's got... The he's 16th all-time in strikeouts? Yeah, he's got uh, well over 3,000 strikeouts. You say the wins thing, though, but, like, all we've been trying to do for a decade and a half is to have people stop paying attention to wins. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. But that's why it doesn't bother me that much, because relative to other pitchers that were playing at the time, he's certainly better. Um, his... Career war is 79.6. The average Hall of Famer's uh, starting pitcher is 73.9. He's above that. His peak war is a little bit lower than the average Hall of Famer. Um, but, you know, he's above the, the Jaws rating system that uh, Jaffe uses. And, you know, he's just been ridiculous throughout the playoffs. Uh, I think I have the numbers here um, somewhere. But the, the playoff numbers as a whole for him are just unbelievable. And we saw what he did in 2001. We saw what he did in 04. Um, yeah, he's he's awesome. Yeah, here it is. He was 11-2 with a 2-2-3 ERA in 133.1 postseason innings, covering 19 starts, helping his teams win four pennants and three championships. In the World Series alone, he was 4-1 with a 2-0-6 ERA. That's a Hall of Famer to me. I don't think there's any question he's good enough to be in the Hall of Fame. And, I mean, if I had a hypothetical ballot with unlimited spots, he would be on mine. I just think if you're going to have to limit to the 10, you're going to have to get rid of some guys who deserve to be on the ballot, and I would start with him because I don't like him. I think he's a bad person. But, I mean, and he's frankly, good enough. And, and frankly, like, they can't... He, I mean, he has known the whole time what the deal is. The whole time. So yeah, this isn't a guy who's just said like one stupid, like one bad thing one time. He's he's very much leaned into being uh, human garbage. Yeah, he's definitely been a bad person for the last little bit here. Um, you know, certainly since he's been out of the game, he's been more outspoken in a way that's been mostly negative. But I do want to point out one of the things. That... Oh, no, Jake, hold on. Yeah. He was very, very, very vocal because the Red Sox won uh, the World Series on, I believe it was a Wednesday night. And on the following Tuesday... George W. Bush was reelected president. And in the intervening days, Kurt Schilling went to New Hampshire to uh, to politics. Now, 
those are not my politics. It's not going to surprise anybody. But he was very active about it, is my point. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's always been active about his politics. But and By the way, the, the Patriots on that Sunday in between, they lost, they lost their uh, winning streak, their historical winning streak. A lot happened in a week. It was a big, big week. Well, at least he'll always have in 1996 being named baseball's most caring athlete for the uh, work that he did with Lou Gehrig's disease. So, you know, he's not all bad. Not 100%. Have you seen his rookie cards with the It's only like 98% bad. Have you seen his rookie cards with the Orioles? He has this thin stash. It's amazing. Apparently he also had a, a blue streak in his hair and one single earring for a time. So that's that's quite what? a look. Yeah, early in his career. Apparently that was a thing. I, I get a look. Oh, it was a thing, Jake. Believe me, I don't remember. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I I recommend the article, but he's an interesting case. Uh, either way, at the end of the day, do you think he ends up? Surpassing the threshold and getting in. What year? He'll get in at some point, I think. But it's just bad. He'll get in the veterans committee, whether he makes in the first ten or not. But I don't. What? How many more years does he have? Do you know? I'm not sure. Like two, three. I think he'll. I think he'll get in. He's gone up the last. He went up last year, so he dropped down in 2017, and then he went up last year to pretty close. And right now, the projections for him are around 76 percent. So. Oh, uh, yeah. He'll if he's that. Yes, he's a hundred percent gonna get in at some point. Yeah, I think he's gonna. Be gotta there. hear both sides, Jake. You gotta hear both sides. Is uh, Rivera gonna get unanimous? No, he, no. It's already been somebody. Uh, oh, that Worcester guy, right? Yep, Bill Belou. Fuck, oh, fuck, Jake. I think that was you. <laughs> no, no, no. I no, no, no. Hold on. Matt, what? I said no, but I didn't mean no because fuck Jake. What something happens in Worcester is the crowd. So thank you for that. <laughs> hey man, I didn't know about it. He didn't. He didn't. Uh, he didn't consult me. When Martha's Vineyard fucks things up, you can blame me. But go ahead. All right, let's get to some listener questions here. Our first Listen. one comes from Frederick Ambrosino. He says, "Happy holidays to the whole Red Seat crew." Uh, question for the next podcast. Were you surprised no team signed Hanley after the Red Sox released him? What are the odds he'll announce his retirement on the day he receives his World Series ring? And he adds, thanks for the podcast. I never miss one. So thanks so much for that. Thank I appreciate you. you. Um, what do you guys think? Hanley, first of all, were you surprised he didn't get signed? I wasn't because of all the kind of extra stuff. I was. I that was, wasn't true, though. That last because the Red Sox wouldn't have had to pay him, right? They, he could have signed a league minimum deal somewhere. No, they uh, they would have to pay him. They would the, have to pay the him if they owed him. No, I'm sorry, the new team wouldn't have to pay him. Oh, yeah, yeah, Well, they'd have to pay him the minimum, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought he was in I don't think he wanted like to play. I mean. He was on a boat like two days after. That's what I'm saying. I think he was enjoying his time off. But he's playing next year. Are very nice. 
They're very nice. He's been working out like crazy. He wants to play next year. I don't know if anybody's going to sign him, but he wants to. I don't think anybody signs him. I, I, think, hope so. I think somebody signs him. It might not be on this continent, but it might be on I don't know if he'll go to Japan. I'm not like saying that. he'll go to Japan. Okay. Yeah. Signs him might be an overstatement, but I think he receives overtures from around the world. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe he'll go I play love- in Korea. Baseball's better with Hanley. We need some Hanley. Imagine his bat flips in the Korean League, though. Oh, my God. I would move to Korea. <laughs> all we need is, look, all we need is China to start baseball leagues and be serious about it. And then, like, Hanley can go be like, Stefan Marbury is a Stephon god. Marbury. He's a god. He's a god. And he loves it. Uh, Hanley can do that. He can do it. So... I, I heard that uh, Steph Curry's name translated into Mandarin is uh, something like Steph Skyfucker. Yeah, it is. It's great. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like it's a pun. It, it, it's like if you said like, oh, what is this? Uh, any Asiatic person's names? It's like, oh, that person's name is like, a, yeah, Steph and Skyfucker. And, and, and Nicki Minaj is the spicy chicken. She's a spicy chicken. Yeah, she's a spicy. Yeah, makes sense. Um, yeah, I love love Chinese athlete names. Um, all right, let's go for the next one. Termadu Amadum says, since our farm is so ill-evaluated, uh, do you believe that the current players that are in it would have good value playing for the Sox? Instead of having good value as prospects or trade chips. Uh, Matt, you want to take this one? Uh, I mean, I think it depends who you're talking about. I think I love Chavis. I'm like one of the higher guys on Chavis. I think he's better as a trade chip because they don't really have anywhere to play him. I don't really buy him as a first baseman. I think he's a little small for that. Um, But then you have guys like uh, Darwinson and uh, Travis Lakins and Dermot Felton, they have a lot of guys that could be really interesting relievers that are probably better kept because I don't think other teams really value relief prospects. So um, like any other farm system, you have some guys that you should trade and some guys that you could keep. It's just on the whole, they're not as good as other teams. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing them trade both Chavis and Bobby Dahlbeck and try and just develop that uh, young duo of Northcutt and uh, Howlett. So they're actually pretty deep at third base in the minor leagues at this point. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know. I just can't figure out Dahlbeck. Yeah, uh, I I trade him. My my thing is that I feel like if anyone don't trade him for nothing, but if Somebody wants to offer you the uh, sort of wide-eyed value for him. Just do it. Uh, yeah, his value is never going to be higher than it is right now, I don't think. I don't know if that's true. It might be true, but, I mean, if he makes, like, one small tweak and improves his contact even a little bit, that dude's going to skyrocket in value. Yeah, he but no, I, I, I don't think there's any way you can say it's a uh, – it's his highest value. Apologies, Jake. Just Jake, just because 
he is very young and um his positives are off the charts that's why um so if he could make some adjustments to his name at the same time i think that he's still better trade asset than he is an investment asset yeah i would agree he might be i mean he's definitely not untouchable that's for sure Next question comes from Eduardo Galindo Jr. and he says a complete hypothetical just for kicks because it'll never happen, but how do you think the team would line up if Bryce Harper signed with the Sox? Trade JBJ, move Mookie to second permanently. What say you? Um, I guess I'll tackle this one first. If the Sox sign Bryce, I think Bryce goes to left, Mookie goes to uh, stays where he is, and I think that Ben Benintendi plays center, and that they trade JBJ. I think this is obnoxious roster baiting, and I'm totally here for it. Um, <laughs> I think most likely in this unlikely scenario is that Bradley would get traded. I think Mookie would move to center, and Harper would go to right. Um, but I would kill for them to sign Bryce Harper and then move Mookie to second. That would just be the greatest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> it's not It's not going to No, of course it's not going to happen. I'm just saying. You know, I was thinking about this a little bit before the show started. In the last year, right around this time when we were talking about Bryce being a free agent, all three of us said that we thought that Dave Dombrowski would be in on him. And now Dave is not anywhere close to being in on him. And none of us think I mean, that's weird. Well, I don't I mean, think we saw the Red Sox having like the best season in at least twenty years. I mean, it's I mean it's the best Red Sox season of all time. That's not it's not up for debate. I don't think, and uh, it it kicked all sorts of ass. <laughs> so, so I, <laughs> I hear you, Jake, but uh, I don't. Yeah, I'm fine with it too. All right, next one comes from Iowa Farm Hoy, and he says, the annual Rusni Castillo update. Uh, still in the minors. Still not coming up. Still Same highly as paid. Yeah. I, I feel, I, I think this sucks. Like, I don't feel, it's hard to feel bad for him with the money he's raking in, but still. I just want to know what he could do in the majors. I feel bad about players like him. Uh, another, guy, another guy like Keigawa. I don't know. There was a there was a very uh, passed around New York Times story about Keigawa, who he lived in Manhattan because he got all the money the Yankees were paying him. But he played in Scranton, and every morning he got up. Steele lives in Boston. He took a limo for two and a half hours to Scranton. He went and did the game. He took a limo back to Manhattan. And he had that free day. And he never complained. He just did the thing. And that's a better uh, scenario than Rosny's in. But it's just like the... I don't even know if quad A covers it. It's like 3.75A, I think. And uh, these players try to do what they can with dignity. But it's tough because they're just not good enough. Yeah, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but the Red Sox I just, just won I mean, 100. Do we know games. that he's not good enough? 
I don't think he is either, but I mean, it's not even really like his performance that's held him back. It's the money. Well, he didn't play well when he was up here. No, but that was a couple of years ago. I mean, if he, let me put it this way, if he didn't have that contract, he would have been up to get a shot at some point. Yeah, but if he was good, he'd be up also. That's the other part. Yeah, I, I don't think he's good either. I just, I don't know. I think he deserves a shot. I kind of feel bad that you worked your whole life, and then you really only had one stint where you really got a chance in the majors. He was bad, and then now he's never going to get another chance. But Matt, I worked my whole life, got a lot now, of money and now I do a podcast with you. So what? Do you, how do you think? Well, I, I think really his contract too. expires in, like, what, 2020? And then he's... It's 2020, but he's old at that point. I mean, I don't expect he's, he's going to do it. He's old. I mean, he could sign somewhere. He's going to be, like, 30. Oh, yeah, he can sign. Yeah. He'll, he'll sign somewhere. He cannot throw it after this year, but he's obviously not going to. He should. He's made a lot of money. He's going to get, like, oh, a should. big hit in the World Series in 2024, and that'll be, that'll, that's hit. That's his entire I can deal with that. That's the best case scenario. All right, next one here comes from Mike Toomey, and he says Kluber's contract is so good, and he's so good, and the Indians are looking to compete now. Uh, could a deal get done for either Chavis or Devers or Swihart or Vasquez plus Erod, something like that? I don't think that uh, Chavis would get it done. Devers might get it done. Swihart or Vasky plus Erod might get it done, but probably not. Probably not. Yeah, I don't think so. Devers is a really nice. I don't know. I don't know how the league feels about Devers right now, to be honest with you. No, I feel like they feel. I feel like they feel good about Devers. It's just that um, we have. It's easy for us to think that, like, oh, they. Kluber's available, maybe the price will be lower than maybe we can get a deal. I don't think you're going to get something that is a giant deal. Um, I don't know, but I don't think it's going to happen. No matter what, I don't think Kluber's coming. If if they were to include Chavis, Vasquez, and Erod for Kluber. Why do they want Vasquez? Well, they don't have a catcher right now. Chavis, Vasquez, and Eros. Why? Okay, why that's fine. Hartman? Why do they want Vasquez? Yeah, why would Cleveland do that? Well, I don't know. That would be an all-time disaster trade. I mean, if you think that you, you have control for Erod and Vasquez there, and then like six years of control for Chavis, or whatever it's going to be, that's it's not bad. That's, that's awful. I mean, I'd be pissed if I was a Cleveland fan and that happened. So you can you can do better than that from another team, yeah. a team with like no prospects. I would hope so, man. If I was an Indian fan, all of a sudden down trade. on Erod, huh? I'm not down. I love Erod, but listen, I love Erod. Corey Kluver is like a elite of the elite. Mm. You you got to do better than that. Well, I would do it if they, if they were interested. I would do, oh yeah, I would drive everybody to the airport. <laughs> Free snacks. All right, Mike Marr has the next question. He says, "Who, if anyone, could you see being moved in a deal this off season, even if such a move is unlikely?" I'm guessing he means from the major league roster. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I think that you probably thought about that more than he did. 
<laughs> no, but 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 seriously, I think that correct. Yes, the major league roster, and it's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the catchers is the most obvious. Yeah, that's uh, the easy answer. Uh, other than that, <sighs> Brian Johnson. Yeah, maybe Brian Johnson. I mean, I'm I don't want to say. Andrew. I think we missed all those shitty rumors about uh, Xander Bogarts while we were on hiatus for the holidays. Oh, and, thank God. Yeah, I'm really happy those ended after a day. Um, <sighs> so. Yeah, probably a catcher. All right, next one comes from Brandon. He says, uh, when do you think they'll erect the statue of Bobby Valentine standing in the dugout watching starting pitchers implode and refuse to take them out? This is custom made for Brian. Um, when do I think they will make it? I mean, this person is imagined. Okay, This person wrote you this question. But before they received this question, they thought about it in their head. They knew exactly what it was. <laughs> what I would tell this person to do is put it on paper. Show us. Show us what it looks like. Don't ask us. You are the vessel. Help us properly represent this moment because I don't want to do anything. <laughs> well said. I like it. Uh, Jake Costick has our next question. He says, what is self-worth anyways? That's for you, Matt. Uh, well, let's see. Let's Google self-worth. Self-worth. Another term for self-esteem. There you go. So what's it worth? Uh, myself? Yeah. Your self-worth. What's it worth? Oh, I didn't see the second worth. Uh, I don't know. A $5 lottery ticket? Can you get Maybe. those those Matt, do, Matt, do you play the Matt, do you play the lottery? Uh, when I lived in Mass, I played quite a bit. I don't play too much anymore. I used to work. Well, I still do. I worked at a convenience store, and I worked in an area that played a lot of lottery. So I got a lot of tips, and uh, I would put half my tips into the lottery. I won a grand one time. Oh, nice. I thought you meant you got tips on the lottery and wanted to be like Matt. <laughs> no, I got like yeah. cash tips. My dude, my dude. Matt, here's a question for you. Are you a psychopath if you don't do a quick pick every time? Uh, no. I don't play those games, but no. I mean, if you have numbers, you have. They say it's a, you have a better shot if you do a quick pick, but I don't know. If you have numbers that you feel good about, you have like you know, chances are astronomical, anyways. Whatever. Every cop in New York plays his badge. Anybody name that movie? Same. Oh. I'm gonna I guess Donnie Brasco. I'm just guessing. Die Hard Three. Uh, that's a good one though, because that has the that has the the water jugs. That's so good. That's right. That's my favorite part. That's a great one. It's a great park. It's a great park scene. The elephant, the water jugs there. Yeah. The four gallons with the five and the three gallon jug. I spent a lot of stone time in that park. <laughs> nice. Next question comes from Smokey Rains, and he says, not much cracking. What's the ideal bullpen as of now for opening day using free agents? Uh, next, Brazier, Miners players, ETC. What's the opening day bench look like? Um, man. I'm guessing that we can't add Ottavino and Kim, because that, that would be the best. Yeah, I'm going to guess that probably not both. 
I think maybe maybe what we should do is is make it without one of those guys right now, right? Because we can assume that one is going to sign, and then that Brazier Barnes are going to be there. Jake, Jake. Mm-hmm. Now this is what I say. Okay. You know what happens when you assume? You're usually right. You're usually right. I've said this before. Okay. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> I would go. One of the signees, Brazier, Barnes, Hembry, Workman, Johnson. I don't think they love Hembry that much, man. Well, he, he re-signed. He, well, he, oh, he did? arbitration. He's yeah. missing one. Uh, I would probably go only six guys. Brewer with the last spot. Brewer. I mean... So Lakins, you can keep down. I don't think much of Putnam or Thornburg, and I don't think Feltman's ready yet. So. Well, Velasquez. I think Velasquez, right. because he has options, is going to be down in AAA. Yeah, I mean, I think Wright will be in there if he's healthy. Yeah, he could be. They seem to also, like Brewer though. They're going with a six-man rotation to start the year, so that matters. I think if you're going with a long guy, you go with Johnson, though, because he's out of options. That's what she said. So is right, though. Right. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, but but right might not be ready. Yeah, that is true. So. Uh, all right, next one here. I think Pointer would make it over Bre- uh, Brewer. You do? Throw that out there. Yes. That's music. Yeah, me too. Me too. I I think that. Mostly because I don't know anything about. I think Bobby Pointer would definitely make it over Brewer. (laughs) What Matt said sounds sounds right to me. All right. Uh, Next question comes from Hiya Georgie, and uh, he says, "Will Carson Smith end up on the team come April?" Uh, Brian, is he there? I don't know about come April, but I think that at some point during the year. yeah, probably. I, I think at some point during the year he'll be on. Matt, what do you think? Uh, well, I don't think he's going to be ready for the start of spring training, so I'd say definitely not in April. I don't think we're ever going to see him pitch for the Red Sox again. I don't either. I think he's going to be at home sniffing his glove. I don't think that's going to happen either. I think he's going to be with another team. Next one, Ben Jacobson. Do you think that the Red Sox should try and acquire a bullpen piece like Rizel Iglesias or Amir Garrett? Or some other solid reliever that way rather than sign one in free agency. Doesn't seem to be many viable candidates left that the Sox are connected to. Well, we already talked about a few viable candidates. And Rizal and Amir Garrett are playing for a team that just traded for a bunch of guys. So, I don't know. And they extended Rizal. It's issue with the idea that there aren't many viable candidates left. Yeah. There's one too. of the two best relievers that have ever lived. Yeah, Adamantino is really good. Uh, <laughs> fuck you, Jake. <laughs> Jake, Pointer is under contract already. You understand that, right? Yeah, we've already named two of the greatest relievers of all time with Pointer and Adamantino. Yeah. Uh, next one comes from Coach Murphy. He says, "I saw you all uh, mention Cody Allen. It's reasonable. Haven't read the article yet. Who would you prefer out of Adamantino, Britton, and Kimbrel?" Um, Matt, you're going Kimberl out of Eno Britain. 
Brian, you're going to Kimbrel out of Vino, Britain? I feel like that's the only. Well, hold on. Are you going out of Vino over Kimbrel? Just... You are right, Brian. Uh, no, I understand. Uh, no, no, no. We know what I'm saying. The only question is what Jake is saying. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Gonna I, do think it? That's, I think that's batshit insane. It is batshit insane. I've, I agree. I've, I've thought about this like basically every day <laughs> since the last time we recorded, and I get more and more angry at the thought of you picking Ottavino over Kimbrel, contracts not included. Yeah, no, it's 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 completely insane. I know it is. And as I, long as you recognize that, I'm just doing it basically to troll Matt at this point. It's it's working. I'm <laughs> taking over my life. <laughs> Next one here comes from Daniel Stapleton. He says, "How much do Xander and Mookie sign for eventually?" Ugh. I'm gonna say Xander gets 180. Like he gets the the deal that Trout got. When he was a rookie. That seems no. low, but you might. No. I mean, you might be right. I don't know what's no. going on anymore. No. He's getting way more than that. I think because he wants way more than that. He wants the money, and Mookie is going to get. I mean, if Mookie puts up anything resembling what he did last year. Mookie's contract is going to be preposterous, and the Red Sox are going to pay it. They should. Mookie's getting 400. I think so, too. I think he gets four. Bogarts, I don't know. I have no idea. He should get, like, 250 at least. Are the Red Sox going to be the team to sign him, though? They better. I don't know. They got to sign him. I mean, you say that, but... uh, they have to not sign somebody. No, they don't. That's they're going okay. to not sign somebody, but okay. they have everybody. I, I've been owned because that is true. Yeah, they're very important. Try to make mainstream. The no. difference between you can't sign everybody and they won't sign everybody. I do wonder though with Xander Bogarts. He has had a little inconsistency in his career, even though he's been largely a great player. Um, but the defense at shortstop is not anything special. It's gotten a little bit better over the years. But I wonder if that will cap how some teams look at him. Especially with you know shortstop being a pretty damn good offensive position right now, which is kind of strange to say, but there are a lot of good options there. It depends. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends. Like, if he goes out and repeats what he did in 2018 and 2019, I don't think any of that's going to matter. If he doesn't, then, yeah, that's more of a a concern for teams, I would guess. All right, so our last three questions come from Matt, Keith Cato, and Keegan Ernest, and they all ask about the bullpen, uh, but essentially... Uh, all these kind of talked about Kimbrel, Ottavino, uh, bullpen solutions. I, I want to get to Keith Cato's question here, uh, though, because he said, why didn't the Red Sox go harder for Robertson, and uh, who do you think they'll get instead? So we already kind of addressed the who we think they'll get, but why do you think they didn't push a little bit harder for Robertson? Because it's not like he got that much money. Two years and 23.5 seems like something that would have been pretty much perfect for the Red Sox wheelhouse right now for what they were looking for. 
I just feel like they're a lot of relievers. You know, it's. I think I, I think they're getting Kimbro. I think all their focus is on getting Kimbro. And uh, and to that point, like, don't you think that at, at this point, obviously we're in a whole new universe about the way these things work. That they know that. Um, yeah, I mean, it was annoying how long they waited for uh, Martinez last year. But they knew that, them. and like they yeah. knew that. I they think they knew there wasn't a market. Speaking, it seems like they knew that. Yeah, I mean, they knew there wasn't a market for Martinez. It seems like they know there's not a market for Kimber right now. I just, it feels way too similar to last year. The latest tweet from Drellick says that the market is insanely low right now. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I mean, that's not a good sign. That's not what you want to see if you're Kimbrel. So. No, I mean, it sucks. Yeah. It's good for the Red Sox, so. Yep, some good can come out of it. At least. Maybe another World Series. That'd be nice. All right. Gentlemen, that wraps up this show. Um, we will be uh, coming back to you guys on a more regular schedule every couple weeks in the off season, unless some big news breaks. Uh, you can go ahead and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also rate and review us there. Log on and give us uh, some positive feedback. Uh, and then... You can follow us all on Twitter. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt R.Y. Collins. You can follow Brian on Twitter at, at Brian Joyner. Brian with a Y, Joyner with an I. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Dev Jake, and you can follow the Over the Monster Twitter handle at, at Over the Monster for all your latest Red Sox news. Uh, thanks again for staying with us for the download, and uh, we'll be with you next time. <laughs>